All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios, served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey and always built by the thebarndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home, and a lot of you have or are going to, for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas in Georgia or in Tennessee, where South Carolina will be in just a couple of weeks, but first, it's Mississippi State coming up this weekend in Columbia. JC in a sport coat. Phil, always bald in me. JB here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. Joined here in just a moment by the great Hale McGranahan from TheBigSpur.com. He will be covering the press conference today with Shane Beamer. We'll hopefully we'll get an update on Juice Wells and more on the injury front. South Carolina hoping to have some of their key players back this weekend, including Jatias Gear, and Marion Brown as they welcome the Bulldogs, trying to get their first win of the season. Carolina is in the SEC, under the lights on the SEC Network on Saturday night, guys. And um, there it is, speaking of the SEC, we're going to talk about it today because it's been a pretty mild start to the season, to put it politely, for the entire league. Alabama, for the first time that I can really remember under Nick Saban, is being questioned, like the rumor mill question type stuff, and Saban's having to address it. Who's calling plays on defense? Lane Kiffin mentioned over the weekend that he thought it might be <clears throat> Traveris Robinson, former South Carolina defensive coordinator under Will Muschamp, and Josh Pate, our friend, uh, you know, just pretty much flat out said he thought the reason Jalen Milrow didn't play this last, last weekend is because he was suspended, and he has now been named the starting quarterback against Lane and Ole Miss coming up this weekend. So we'll get into the that and the rest of the league. We've got some mailbag stuff to get to and this weekend's college football lineup and, of course, plenty on Gamecock football. JC, what's the occasion, my man? Uh, they built a Waffle House in New Lenox, Illinois, about 20 miles where I'm, I'm, I usually live. And, and so that's why you're wearing a sport coat? <laughs> <laughs> But that news just hit me, and it's beautiful, man. I mean, you know how awesome that is? 
Uh, I just learned it. I, 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 I went from the next door app, which I'd never ever like to get on. The next door app sucks behind. And uh, I just happened to see a notification. Went to Bruce's Waffle House on Route 30 in New Lenox. The food is great. Double yolked eggs, great meat. People in Chicago are going to eat Waffle House up. You know that, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, they're going to come down from the same. We got a great place in New Lenox called Waffle House. It's unbelievable. Come on. But, uh, no, if, if you guys I got the we have the Carolina Rise events, uh, happy hours tonight in Georgetown. So I got about a I gotta go through Somerville and pick some things up, uh, and then drive to Georgetown and kind of go that way through uh so I got about a three hour drive ahead of me after the Spurs up shift. So I had to I had to go ahead and get ready, you know, before uh before the show. So I, I decided to uh dress nice for the show for change. I'm usually in sweatpants. No pants, underpants, uh, and a T-shirt. And um, I decided for you guys to go ahead and uh, and uh, show you the the professional, sort of professional-looking JC today. And wow. celebrate Waffle House uh, coming to my, my part of Chicago. That's awesome. Well, as we bring Hale in, we'll get his thoughts on your attire. There's nothing better than a nice pair of glasses, a sport coat, a beautiful shirt from Britain's, and a Carolina Rise visor. That's pretty much how you do it if you're going to dress up to try to raise money for the athletes at South Carolina. Hey, on a one to 10 scale, what are we looking at here? 9.5. 9.5. I mean, minimum. That's why you're my, my boy, Hale. That's why you're my boy. Yeah. All right. Hale playing the card Thank to you. get the raise. Very smart. Very smart. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Hale. Nice, nice nah, man. Nah, nah, man. <laughs> nah, yeah, hell, man. Hell, 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 knows, <laughs> hell knows style when he sees it. He knows style when he sees That's it. That's right. Hell no. All right, Hale, let's um, – we, we got Beamer coming up in two and a half hours. We know you'll be there uh, dressed and ready to go in front of him, although you won't get the first question. Nobody gets the first question over the great David Cloninger. But um, – yeah. Uh, let's, uh, you know, we're, we're what, 72 hours or so almost removed from the ball game on Saturday. It's now settled in. You've done some dissecting on what happened between the hedges. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, uh, there, there's probably some, some reason for folks to be a little pissed off about, about losing that one and, and who to thunk it this time a week ago or, or, at 3.29 p.m. before the, the thing kicked off in Athens that that you could talk about South Carolina feeling like they they blew their chance to win that game. I mean, four-point underdog or four-touchdown underdogs, and and you kind of feel like they should have won. I mean, they just made a lot of mistakes in the second half. Uh, you, you knew Georgia was going to come out with that first possession and, and uh, probably <laughs> – move the ball up the field like they did. And, and uh, you know, that, that kickoff return that uh, got set back a little ways by a penalty and just, uh, you know, before you knew it, it's, it's a Georgia lead and, you know, still South Carolina had chances to, to tie or take the lead. And uh, they just, you know, kept getting in their own way. And uh, that's kind of the story of the game, and which is again, pretty remarkable to be, to be sitting here saying that and talking like this, but, I don't know if that's more of an indictment on Georgia and how good they are they are this year and, and what that means for their their future uh, in the college football playoff this this year or if it's hey this the South Carolina team uh, 
had a chance to beat Georgia. And if it weren't for a bunch of mistakes that they were kind of responsible for self-inflicted wounds, shooting themselves in the foot, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, you know, maybe the South Carolina team is showing some signs of progress, getting better, uh, looking a lot better than they did two weeks earlier in that, that North Carolina game in a couple of different areas, not just on the offensive line, but up front on defense as well. So, um, maybe something to build on. And I guess moving forward, you, you just got to kind of wonder is like, Hey, is this going to be the type of loss that, that beats you again? Or is it one that, that you build on and grow from and, and uh, you're able to learn something about yourself and, and keep getting better. So that, that to me is kind of a, a broad, broad look, broad storyline uh, moving forward. How about the offense under Dow Loggins? We're through 12 quarters. What do you think about that? Yeah, they're, they're executing really well. I think I mentioned that last week with you guys, that, that that was the one thing that was standing out to me is the execution. And, and again, that's a pretty one-sided type of deal. Like, they're they're obviously not doing anything on the ground yet. And I think there were only, what, nine nine handoffs or carries for, for running backs last week. So, I uh, uh, can't get, I guess, too critical that way with not having a running game to speak of last week. But – they need to get things going there, uh, obviously. Maybe that can happen this week against Mississippi State. Um, I, we'll see. But uh, as far as the passing game standpoint, Rattler's been been awesome. Uh, you know, you consider that the Juice Wells has only been healthy for about a drive all season. Uh, yeah, I, I would say all things considered, it's it's going pretty well on the offense. It, you know, there's still room to improve. Like you, you look at some of the stats and, and you want to see things get better in a few areas, not just on the ground, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's off to a nice start and, and has potential to, uh, to, to keep trending that way uh, here on Saturday night when we get back to Williams Bryce. Based on what you've seen, how do they get better on the ground? Uh, just <laughs> keep bringing these young guys along. I mean, I sat here last week and was, was kind of skeptical of, of putting tree by Lotte at left tackle in Athens. And, uh, you know, I guess that's why I'm not a football coach. Cause, cause <laughs> then why'd I ask you? <laughs> um, so yeah, whether it's him keeping him out there and, and, and getting Trovon ball, some more mitt, some more run and maybe yep. kicking out Jakai more to right tackle. I, I think figuring things out up front is, is a great place to start. Certainly uh, you got to get the, the actual running back position a little more settled and, and want to see, again, like I said last week, more out of Mario Anderson. And uh, I, I think the carry-on is is getting better. I mean, there, there weren't a lot of opportunities, again, uh, last week for him. But, but, JB, like you've said before, like get that man down by the goal line. He, he finds the end zone pretty well. Uh, he's pretty good that way. So uh, if you can continue to, to, to make that – that group work and, and try to get DJ Braswell a little more involved as well. I, I think this thing, it can't get worse. Right. So I, I think it's going to eventually get better. It's just a matter of how soon and, and how, how much better we're talking about uh, moving forward. But, but yeah, I, I think it, again, it, it starts kind of up front and, and getting things sorted out. And, and uh, I, I think last week was, was encouraging. It wasn't certainly wasn't perfect, especially in the second half for the offensive line. And, and they're pass blocking, but uh, I, I think it helps if they're able to to get some things sorted out up front. Are you if buying the Mario? Sorry. sorry. No, no, go ahead, JC. You're good. 
Uh, uh, oh, are you on the Mario Anderson uh, needs more carries thing? Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. He, yeah, um, you know, I, like I said after the Furman game, it was clear clear to me that he was the better looked better of the two between him and, and to carry on in that Furman game, and uh, I, I'd kind of like to see to see what he can do with you know eight to ten or more carries against a, an SEC team and, and, and just how effective he can be against, uh, against a team that that's, uh, you know, not an FCS level opponent. Do you yeah, think would you, that by the bye week, we kind of have, you know, the team will have figured out the offensive line and, and, and even perhaps Anderson could supplant the other two as RB one. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. I, I I just got to see him produce before I, I, I'm ready to uh, to say I, I think he should be the top guy. I mean, it, again, based on just limited action against Furman and a handful of carries against against Georgia as well, like he's he's pretty good, man. I, I, I think it's it's probably time, and maybe this weekend, uh, whether he's the first guy out there or or getting getting the most carries throughout the course of a game. I I, I think he's probably uh, got a chance to be the most effective runner, you know, between the twenties. And, and if that means Joiner's more of a goal line type guy, short yardage type guy, then so be it. But, uh, you know, I, I think JC was talking about it last week where you, you kind of feel things out for the roles and, 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 and put guys in different types of situations that maybe kind of best suit what, what they add to that, that group. And, and, uh, you know, honestly, they, they really haven't had a, many opportunities to to sort that out. I mean, the North Carolina game, whatever, but Furman is Furman and, and you know, they, they didn't really do much on the ground against Georgia by, by design. Now, granted, there were some – Shane told us on Sunday there were a bunch of RPO calls that uh, ended up being passes and, and, you know, Rattler made the right right reads on those. But I get this, I got the sense from, from hearing Shane say that, that, that there were some, some RPOs called while – while Anderson were in the game that, that happened to be, you know, plays that, that needed to get kicked out on the perimeter or thrown downfield or, or whatever. Hey, I'm McGranahan with the Big Spur. If you are out driving around and uh, and can't contact us via social media, we do have a brand-new text line, 803-766-6320, and that will uh, pop right up, and we can answer any questions that you might have, 803-766-6320. Um, I, hell, I don't think there's going to be an RB one or an RB two. I think that you have you've got guys that do things. They all have um, they're better. At, they have different traits that are better than others. And um, I think just what they need to figure out is is kind of what the rotation is going to look like. JC was alluding to this yesterday. And he's spot on. You know, you can't you don't want to change personnel and tip off what you're doing based on who's in the game. Duh, this football. Um, but I'm not so sure that they're just going to label one guy RB1 and one guy RB2. I just think it's th- this running game probably going to need a collaboration of almost everybody in that room, including DJ Braswell in the long run, to be productive. Yeah, and uh, I-, I think that this weekend's a good op- a good place to to really get a- a some tangible evidence. Um, I, you know, Joiner's still, you know, what – Three games into to this thing, uh, is playing running back. 
as opposed to receiver or quarterback. So, you know, he's been learning, you know, some on-the-job training, so to speak. And uh, Mario Anderson's transition from, you know, Division Two ball to, to now. And, uh, you know, Juju, Juju McDowell's kind of been what he's been throughout his career, a change of pace scat back who you're not going to want to give the ball much <laughs> over the course of a game, not trying to run him between the tackles. Uh, really at all, even though that has happened some. And then DJ Braswell, who, who's a true freshman. So um, mm-hmm. it, it was always going to take some time to figure it out, even even as we you know heard throughout the offseason how excited the staff was about Joyner and, and really happy with, with making that transition. Like there, there was always going to be some um, trying to just get, get things sorted out, especially – uh, when when you got a game like Georgia and Athens uh, in week three, it's uh, you know I don't I don't want to sit here and, and try to harp too much on on that game and 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 make it sound like you know Georgia's this really big bad scary opponent when you know just five ten minutes ago I'm talking about how they may not be as good as as uh, as some people might have thought as as it relates to the whole you know college football playoffs. So uh, again, I, I I'm really interested to see uh to see this this running back rotation this this ground game get going and and what it all is going to you know really mean and, and I think it's a good th- this weekend this is a good place to start to, to try to get some some actual tangible evidence as opposed to you know a, a good team at their place um an FCS team and and your season opener when when everybody's literally figuring themselves out All right what you think about the defense uh, clearly, T.J. Sanders, that's, he's been the story. He's got the awards now to show it uh, as of yesterday. Um, but out, but outside of that, they held the dogs to 24 points in their own ballpark. Hey, I'm not sure you can ask for a whole lot more than that on the road. Yeah, I, I had obviously had some concerns about what the line of scrimmage was going to look like, uh, both sides of the ball, but defense defense as well because Georgia's big up front and they've got experienced guys who are, who are really talented players and uh, – I, I thought South Carolina did a good job of of not just holding their own, but uh, get some knockback and 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 making plays. And certainly T.J. Sanders had a lot to do with that. Uh, I thought Debo Williams looked really good as well. As well, like he's he's been probably the second best player on this defense. If you're going to sit here and call T.J. Sanders the top guy, um, Debo's been been really good and still seen good things out of stone Blanton as well. I, I think it's encouraging that uh, for, for some of the issues they've had up front along the line uh, at times this season, that, that those two linebackers have, have been as good as they have been. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to, to, you know, crown Debo Williams and stone Blanton as, as these, you know, awesome linebackers that are, you know, some of the best in school history, not by any means trying to say that, but they're as good as we've seen around here in, in a few years and, and playing the most consistent um, that, that we've seen in a while. Um, and, you know, if Mo Caba doesn't go down with an injury uh, trying to cover a kickoff, he's probably helping give Stone Blanton a breather and, and, and letting him be a little more fresh down the stretch in that, that second half against Georgia. Same with Debo for that matter. Um, you know, in the secondary, we, we all knew the safeties with, DQ and Eman worry, and it was nice to see him back. I, I think the question with him moving forward is like, how healthy is he going to be week to week? Um, 
you know, those, those hamstrings linger and uh, we're, in my opinion, probably just going to have to be kind of going from one game to the next, trying to figure out how, how healthy he is and how good he can be. I mean, he, he looked pretty solid to me the other day. So uh, that's a good sign, especially if you can mix him in there with, with DQ and Jalen Kilgore um, and, and the cornerbacks again, you know, they, they made some pretty good plays other than that second touchdown drive Georgia had where Dial got beat on a, on a, on a long ball, which set up that touchdown. Uh, and he had good coverage. He was, he was stride for stride with, with the receiver. Just bet put it in a good spot and, and a place where only, only he could make the catch. And, uh, you know, then O'Donnell Fortune had a nice play uh, later on in the third quarter, maybe the early fourth quarter. We knocked away a deep ball and, uh, you know, really George's biggest gains were, were that one I mentioned to dial uh, judge Collier when he had to come in for fortune uh, got beat on a deep ball and, you know, a lot of short underneath stuff and screens that, uh, that kind of, you know, helped Georgia pick up most of their yards. So uh, want to see more up front that that's really all it comes back to is, and, and, and that's not anything new. It's not a um, breaking news item by any means. So if they can, Keep getting some some pieces going up front, especially along the edge. I, I think we're going to see this defense uh, continue to get better and 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 uh, you know give the offense a chance to get back on the field sooner than later. I and I'll, I'll wrap by saying this: like I've been kind of long winded here. Uh, no, I, I don't know that that South Carolina is going to face a better quarterback than the one they saw in Week One, and a better offense than than the one they played uh, last Saturday in Athens. Better well, offense, interesting. you said. Huh. Better, better yeah, offense, Georgia. Better O. Could they could they face a better defense? Uh, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I maybe what Clemson, if, maybe, but who knows what, what that Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, Missouri's, Missouri's pretty good too. Yeah, Missouri's and and you got to go there as well. So I don't know if Missouri's so gonna, good as Georgia. I, I think they're good though, but they've given up points. Yeah, they have. I mean, this, I'll, I'll, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of all this. The whole league, and we're going to talk a lot about. They're, that they're the most these coaching staff that thinks they're going to be. I mean, they got some guys on that staff that have been around the other spots that so sort of know them a little bit, know some of them a little bit, and they, they think they'll be really good. Uh, um, but it took a sixty-one yard field goal to win Saturday, so we'll see. Got to get you out. We'll get you out of here on this note. Just looking at the game this weekend, what stands out versus the Bulldogs as South Carolina pursues that first win in the league? Yeah, it's it's weird to see Mississippi State as a run first team since, you know, Mike Leach, late Mike Leach uh, and, and what he was doing during his time there. And, and I, I think it's kind of bizarre that, Zach Arnett, who was on the staff there and, and knows what the roster looks like and who they've got at quarterback and and all that, that he would try to make such a drastic change in offensive philosophy. But I guess it's more in line with what he believes in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's his deal, whatever. But I, I think it's it's one of those games uh, for South Carolina where, you know, just stop the run and you'll probably be okay because that's – kind of what this, this Mississippi State team wants to do is, is run the football and uh, run run defense has, again, it's been an issue for Carolina uh, this year and in and, and recent years. But uh, I, I think this is a team that, that South Carolina should beat and, and probably should beat 
by more than what the line says. What it's like six and a half right now, guys. I I think is what I last saw. So okay, um, so it's gone up. Yeah, I, I think it was six. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a little lower, but um, I, well, I think this four and a half. So either way, it's gone up. Okay, well, four and a half, six and a half, whatever. I, to me, this is a game South Carolina should probably <laughs> win by a couple of scores um, because their Mississippi State is not all that explosive on offense, and they don't have any interest in, in trying to be that way. Uh, and, and defensively, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how good they are. Arnett's a good coach, and they've had good defenses in the past with with him running running that uh, that group, but. They've lost a lot of a lot of good players, especially in the secondary. And if you look at where South Carolina's strengths are on offense, it's obviously throwing the ball. And and I think it's uh, it's going to be a, an opportunity for Spencer Rattler to put up another big big stat line and and have have a bunch of yards and throw a couple of touchdowns and uh, and and make this thing a, a good night for for Carolina fans. I didn't realize that Will Friend is the offensive line coach there. Isn't he the one that came to Carolina and then left basically after about ten hours? <laughs> yeah, he did a he did a Zoom call with us, uh, his introductory press conference on Zoom, and I think he was gone like a day or two later. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't realize he was the uh, the offensive line coach over there. So. Uh, yeah, I the, the Mississippi State situation is is really one of the stranger things I think that I've seen. Um, I'm not sure why. I guess in the long run they'll 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 you know they'll maybe they'll be okay. Maybe they won't. I'm not sure. But Mike Leach had them in a pretty good spot, man. And Zach Arnett literally took the hardest left turn he could, and they are entirely different from what they what they uh, used to be. So we'll let you run on that note. We know we got to get you uh, out to cover the players and then Co- Coach Beamer coming up later on at 1.30. And uh, we'll look forward to reading all about it on thebigspur.com. And we always look forward to having you back on Tuesday. So we'll see you next week. All right, boys. Appreciate it. There you go. The great Hale McGranahan. Owen is what they call him sometimes. We do have a text on the text line we'll get to when we come back as well. We've got some things in the chat box we'll get to. Uh, we will. Look at the – it's a big weekend coming up in college football and a neat game on Thursday night, too. Looking forward to watching. JC, will fill you in on the events tonight and tomorrow night down here in the low country and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I got my workout in this morning, JC. I got my workout in on the hydro rower. So thanks to Michelle and our friends over at Charleston Fitness Equipment. It is football season. If you feel like crap because you ate like crap all weekend, you might want to get something that keeps you feeling good throughout the week. You can head to charlestonfitnessequip.com and you'll see Hydro Rower and so much more. And I promise you, you'll feel better after just about 15 minutes. While you're out there rowing somewhere in a lake in Switzerland. Oh, how does that sound? Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Down here in the south, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome home. 
That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This Tuesday, September the 19th. If you haven't looked at the uh, weather, FYI, Gamecock fans, if you or any of you were like me and refused to ever miss a South Carolina football game, no matter what's happening with the rain, then just uh, about a week and a half ago, you had to deal with it and the wind and the lightning and everything else outside of Williams Bryce for a little while. Might have to deal with the rain again this weekend. Uh, there's a little low being developed off of the coast, and it could be a little wet. Um, at least during the afternoon Saturday, it did clear up for game time, but, um, yeah, so we might have to do that again. So make sure you have your tents ready. Uh, and if it rains this time, JC, just so you know, I refuse to do what I did last time, hold a metal tent while holding a television while lightning is striking. So I am going to pack that crap up and walk right next door to the Flint's and bring my <laughs> bottle of chicken cock and my bottle of Dixie vodka, and everybody else can F right off, uh, is what I'll be telling my family. So uh, 803-766-6320 is the uh, text line, and we do have a couple of those um, uh, that I uh, have that we've gotten here just a minute ago. JC, I, I don't have an update on this uh, from Ryan. Any word that uh, Cameron Sandlin could still get a look at running back? I know there was talk of it during camp. 
and I know he's been injured, but just curious if it was still on the table. Thank you. Uh, they have, I haven't heard anything about it. I, I, I would say no. Uh, don't don't grasp at, at those those straws right now because it's uh, uh, it, that was something that if it was good, if it was going to have be an impactful thing, he would have had to have come in, learned the position, gone through all of uh, fall camp, and I I think he's probably just going to be a tight end right now. I mean, you know, it was a kind of a stopgap thing now. You know, could he be a guy that in the future plays the Nick Atkins kind of role uh, back there? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But uh, I, th- I think they're just trying to get him ready for next year and get his health right. Like it's- okay. Uh, and uh, one final one here. Um, is Georgia not as good as people think, or is Carolina better than people think? I, you know. To quote uh, Forrest I, I think- Gump. <laughs> I'll quote Forrest Gump on this. I think both, actually. Remember the sad part I, of the end? I'll think both. I, I don't know if Mama's right or if it's Lieutenant Dan. I'm mm-hmm. not totally prepared to say that Georgia's not as good as we think they are. I, I think that um, in due time, they will prove that they're pretty good. But I think I got you've players, got, but I swear to God, it felt more like Rick's, Rick's Georgia than Kirby's. I, I don't yeah, think it's Bobo. I don't know. Well, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, it, well, yeah, it's, that's what everybody's going to say it is, is. It's all Mike Bobo's fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah, should have scored 50 points. Oh, so sure. <laughs> My friends that are Georgia fans were all like, rah, 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 and they're ready to kill him. Well, they, they and you got you, they've had some of the problems like Carolina too, though. They've had major injuries at wide receiver, major injuries at running back. You know, they've had to deal with something. I think in due to, look, they'll win this week. They play UAB, um, and, and, oh, yeah. and they're going to they're going to be next fine. But. Test is at Auburn because yeah. that'll be September. Heck, man, 30th. they open with, with they open with four straight road games. Four straight road games. Uh yeah. With uh. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, and UAB. Yeah, four, four straight Struggled games. Struggled with South Carolina. So that Auburn game, that's a road test, right? Mm-hmm. That 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 could be one. Uh, and, and I told Georgia fans this because uh, people say, what game should Georgia be scared of? And I was like, I think it's Auburn because there's been a sudden change down there. They had a new coach. They don't believe to lose. And, and Georgia just – I mean, there's not besides the Gamecocks. There's not a lot of challenges. They don't have a road game or even a neutral site game that where they had to deal with a crowd. Carson Beck will be making his first start in a hostile environment. So, yeah, that look. I mean, they've got opportunities to trip. I mean, you know, we'll see what 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 there is to make of of Florida. Um, you know, that one, of course, being played in Jacksonville on the on basically Halloween weekend, the twenty eighth. And they've got Ole Miss coming to town on November 11th. We'll find out more about the Rebels this weekend because they've got the Tide. And then, you know, November 18th, everybody's pretty much already circled that at Tennessee. Who will the Vols be by then? Who who knows? Um, five and five. I, I'm JC. I've got a gut feeling with Tennessee that Joe Milton is not going to be the starting quarterback all year up there. Yeah, I, I gut your gut is correct. Yeah, yeah. It's what do they have you know, behind him? Do they have like a 
Five star freshman. The freshman, yeah, behind him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name. We'll ask see if Todd Ellis can help us with that. But um I uh, I'm just kidding. Todd, you know, we're just kidding, man. Now I you know, I just you have to be you have to be accurate in that offense because it goes so quickly, right? And if you're not, then you keep your defense on the field virtually the entire game. So your quarterback has to be accurate in a hypo offense. And he's not been accurate. So um or not accurate enough to be successful up there in Knoxville. But hopefully that stays that way at least for another couple of weeks because that's where South Carolina is going to be at 7.30 at night, another night kickoff next weekend um, in on Rocky Top. So somebody earlier in the chat box said, you know, basically asked the question, why has Carolina's rushing game been so bad every year under under Shane Beamer? Um, and and I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's blanket statements. I mean, we the, y'all, y'all chime in where you may, but I think there's a lot. First of all, that, that first year, let's be very careful with some things here, all right? That first year, Kevin Harris was hurt, right? And he came on towards the end of the season. Marcus Satterfield was the play caller for the first two years as well. So, you know, let's let's not have short-term memory loss here. It's You know, that guy's gone. Um, now, the run game this year is worse without him but you've also had a worse offensive line. I think there's been a lot of stuff at play. I think you've had some games where it's been pretty good, by the way. You know, I mean, hey, if they didn't run the football that well a couple of years ago, they wouldn't have beat Florida 40-13. to 13. Um, So, you know, they've had some moments where they have certainly run it well and then some moments where it hasn't been very good. I thought Zaquandre White was as special as he could be in his final year in 2021. How about y'all? I thought he should have more carries. Yeah, I, I agree. He should have had more carries. And I'm, I, you know, it's interesting. You can't just – there's not one single thing at fault for why the run game is the way it is. I mean, it's the full combination of everything, of uh, you know, logins that you lost your number one out of the portal, um, which left the cupboard bare, essentially. I mean, you, I mean, not bare, but real thin, <laughs> real thin. You got enough to make a quick soup in the cupboard, but you're not cooking up a five course meal with what you had in that running back room coming out of it. Uh, yeah. The O-line has obviously been a work in progress. And, you know, I I don't know. I just think you're doing the best you can with what you've got, considering how long some of these guys have been there. Because, I mean, you think about it, like everybody's talking about Anderson and Braswell. We want to see them on the field. But neither of them was there for the spring, if I recall. They both got there in the summer. And Uh, I think Mario was there in the spring. Was Mario there for the spring? I didn't. I Yeah. But still, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I look, Mario. Here's the thing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Mario probably should be the starting running back. I also think Mario is probably a good second or third back on the SEC team. Uh, there's really look. I, I'm not. I am not being critical. I'm just going to point out the facts. I'm going to tell it just like it is. <laughs> There's a commercial for uh, Coleman Liquid. I'm going to tell it just like it is. These are mobile homes, not mentions, you know. But uh, they come in two pieces. <laughs> uh, so uh, here's what's happened. Almost every running, a running back has left before his eligibility has expired here. Okay? That's A. B, uh, they've signed one high school guy. That's Braswell. Yeah. Three recruiting cycle. 
Well, you're talking about uh, why we are where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm saying they've struck out on almost every other high school player plus every other running back in the portal outside of Christian Billsmith. Yeah, so but that doesn't answer re- the question, though. That's not answering the if question. If you don't re- retain players and you can get players, you're going to be in the situation. Uh, but but overall, though, we're talking about a three year. We're 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 this is a three year period, not 2020. We know what the issues are this year. Mm-hmm. The the question was why has the running game not been good in 21 and 22? And I I said I oh. I, I think Uh-oh. there's a I think there's a lot more at play here. Like uh, you've got first of all, Zaquandre Wright was really good. Kevin Harris was really good. He was hurt. Marshawn Lloyd was hurt last year, and there's a play caller named Marcus Satterfield in there as well, right? I think there's a lot of reasons why it's has it. They've averaged 3.8 yards per carry in Shane Tenure's entire career here. Shane Beamer, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and look, I, I, that's what like this this year's team is different than the team two years. The team two years ago, you sort of screwed up what you had uh, in 2020, which is a good run game because uh, Sat comes in and. Bobo had a good run game. I mean, if you notice Saturday, you see kind of how good Mike is in the run game. Uh, he, he adjusts by maybe half yards. Um, and I think we also know that he was not running his offense at Auburn uh, because they never – in that game, remember they never adjusted – didn't adjust in many games at all. Um, but you, you saw you saw some of the stuff that he did here, adjusting halftime with the run game and stuff like that. Um and I'm not saying you had to go be my Bobo, but you, you know, you started putting in all this complex stuff and we've gone over how much it's crazy, how crazy it was to ask a tackle in college to pull. I mean, you're pulling your tackles and we see putting Nebraska out too, right? So anyway, that, that's beside the point. I'm not just blaming the scheme on that, but uh, when the running game got going, you saw how good the backs could be, but they, they couldn't get going a lot of times. And, and there were a number of reasons for it. This year, it's it's personnel related. I mean, it, and, and honestly, guys, it doesn't look like it did last year where you've got good backs and they're just getting blown up and offensive linemen are kind of running into each other stuff. Uh, the issues this year are either you have offensive linemen getting physically dominated. They know what to do. They're just getting physically dominated and beat. Or you have a run back that has a hole that gets caught after five yards and doesn't break a tackle. I mean, that's the, – the issues are different. So – it's a good question. It's a broad question. Um, I think South Carolina will be able to run the football soon, <laughs> soon enough, uh, if not with their running back, with their quarterback. So, um, you know, it's just this year, this is this is going to be a pass-happy team no matter what. And you, you're going to live with it or die with it. You know, you do need some run game, I agree, but uh, you're going to live and die with Spencer Rattler and, and the receivers. Well, I tell you, wouldn't you do anything to have Zaquandre White and Kevin Harris now? I mean, we can we can yeah. complain if you want about how bad the running backs were in 2021, but I guarantee if someone said, I'll give you Kevin Harris and Zaquandre White, you're going to take them right now. No, those you know, guys weren't so, bad. Those guys are good. Yeah, those were guys were South Carolina. They no inherited that. That's the one position this staff is not – they've regressed, and it's big. They've regressed yeah. quite a bit. You know, they inherited a great situation at running back. And either guys have gotten run off, like Rashad Amos, uh, or just, I don't know, run off, just left because he, he wasn't playing, or, you know, you had the NIL situation or the Lloyd situation, whatever you call it. And then, got, you know, guys got to hear it as quick as possible uh, for the NFL at that spot. Now, a lot of that with White and Harris, I don't blame them for leaving after 2021 uh, in terms of 
not coaching necessarily, but but the shelf life of running backs and and the, the nature of that position. But but they they've not backfield. They've not done anything with it, and it's uh, it's concerning. And and it needs to stop. And it, they need to get it. They need to get it right. They need to fix the room. It's not going to happen this year. But uh, uh, you know the season. But you know it damn sure needs to happen soon after, because it's you know, it can't be acceptable to continue to have that that position uh, struggle like it is. There's there's too many good running backs around the country. That you can right. get, you know what right. I'm saying? So, yeah, it's uh, when you go back and you you look at it and you do the math and you you kind of bring the the facts into it here. I mean, think about this for a second. In 2021, Shane, of course, got hired that December, and he had limited to no time to go out and do anything. But that wasn't at the top, and it shouldn't have been at the top of his concern list. You had. Marshawn Lloyd, who was a redshirt freshman, Zaquandre White, who was going to be a senior that year, Kevin Harris, who was going to be a junior. And at that point in time, if you remember, nobody expected Kevin Harris necessarily in 2020 and 2021 to do what he did. But he was a junior, so you knew that there was a chance at the end of the year that you could lose White and you could lose Harris. Uh, Juju had come in as a freshman, and Rashad Amos was a freshman. So you had three running backs in that room one of them named Marshawn Lloyd, who were uh, who were uh, freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And then in 2022, you had Marshawn Lloyd. You brought in Christian Beal Smith as a graduate. You brought in Lavasse Carroll as a transfer running back. Couldn't have predicted what was going to happen to him. You still had Amos. You still had Juju. Uh, you had brought in uh, Dante Miller as well as a as a as a transfer. And that right there is where JC you could start to see, okay, we're going to need some running backs. And and they didn't get them. And so I think, you know, going back to the question, not to go to the rabbit hole and, and, you know, make sure that I fill anybody's agenda here, the, the question was, why have they not been good at running back for three years? There are a lot of answers to that question. You know, there's not just one reason. It's not just bad coaching. I'm not saying that they've had good coaching, but I'm saying it's not just bad coaching. It's not just lack of recruiting. It's also transfers. Um, it's not lack of development. Marshawn Lloyd developed pretty well. Zaquandre White developed pretty well. I mean, you know, I, I would venture a guess here. They're starting to feel pretty good about where um, Anderson and Braswell are going to be. But So I think there's a lot of answers to the question. There's not just one answer when you ask a question like that. But they've also had some pretty good moments. Like I said, they would that Florida game, would they, how many yards they run for to beat Florida? They put 40 on them in Columbia in 2021, you know, there's quite a few games where they really ran the football well and they couldn't throw it worth a damn. I mean, their quarterbacks were named Zeb Nolan and some Brown, for God's sakes. So, I mean, it's, you know, they had to lean on a running game a couple of years ago and they ran for over 2,000 yards that year. I guess when you take away the lost yardage, I think it was around 1,800. But so there's a lot of answers to the question when you ask a question like that over a three-year period versus why are we not good right now? What's led to it? Yeah, yeah that's true. You know, I mean, and it hasn't it hasn't been terrible. Again, mm-hmm. South Carolina was a, until, mm-hmm. gosh, until Tennessee or really Vanderbilt, sort of. Uh, South Carolina was a running team. I mean, they ran the football uh, to win Kentucky and Texas A and M and those games last year. So it's not like the run game's been non-existent the whole time, nor the offensive line. I mean, uh, it's just this year, 
you, you have uh, you have something that's a big strength, which is passing, uh, and then you have something that's not, which is running. And so you're going to pass heavy. I, I'll say this: this offense in time is going to be very balanced. It's not. It's not. Shane is not. Sure. He would have gone and hired uh, a true, a, a real life air raid guy if all oh, maybe want to do is throw the ball around the yard. So yeah, that, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, like you the know, guy about, that they hired in the upstate, right? Yeah, Virginia oh. Tech always had, you know, I, and, I, and I think it, it's Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, Georgia, even at Carolina, wherever he's coached, they always had two backs and a good run game. Yeah. Um, so some of those Carolina teams were kind of hit or miss, but that was O-line related, right? Uh, but, uh, I mean, Corey Boyd, pretty good back, right? He was here, so. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't bad. You know that that's kind of that's kind of what he wants, and and that's what Dowell Loggins can deliver. But right now, Dowell Loggins is having to be Mike Leach <laughs> and, and sling it all over the yard because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna move the football consistently trying to force the, the issue. You know, uh, you can't force the run. You can't force it against a team like Georgia on the road either because you know you start going you know running up the middle into a wall. Then it gets louder on second down. Well, then it gets louder on third, and then it gets and then the boom. I mean, everybody remember the 03 game? Who was twenty years ago? I know Kenny Irons on a fourth and one. Yep, sure do. Just getting racked, and then that was the ball game. So, Kenny, he, he, I, I I agree with what Dowell and, and the I agree with what the plan was Saturday. Now at home Saturday night. Against Mississippi State with pretty good run defense now. I mean, they're not that, – that's their strength yeah. on defense. I, I don't have a problem trying to get it going, you know, and yeah. see what happens. They need to try to get it going this this Saturday. Yeah. yeah. There's no yeah. doubt. So, um, I got a chat box thing. Well, uh, hold on just a second. we got to hit right. our final timeout here. So, let's do that. Hang tight. Oh, we'll yeah. get to it uh, on the other side, inside the Gamecocks. The show served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. 
For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level, we use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Five minutes left in hour number one. We've got a couple things to get to in the chat box and also here on the uh, text line that is brand new. So if you're out cruising around and it's an easy, easy fix for you to be able to contact us, you can do that at 803-766-6320. Before I read this, though, JC, something that you wanted to get into before we broke. Yeah, Contrell asked me about that article about the NFL sponsoring the college teams and bring you know all this rigmarole and about the, that's that was was it Stuart Mandel or some somebody that was in somebody's imagination. So it's like watching a, it was like watching a like what's that thing at Disney Phantasmic. Yeah. Stewart's imagination. I, I, I just saw it, and I didn't even read. I didn't even choose to read it. What was <laughs> that? That was well. At South Carolina, wasn't in it? It was twenty eight teams. Well, of course uh, they weren't. That, so I, that was somebody opinion, Quantrell. I mean, interesting read for sure. But uh, you know, so was the Little Mermaid, <laughs> and that's kind of about how true that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's never going to happen. If that happens. I do think college football lose half its fans. Oh, I hundred they'd lose me. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I do think. I mean, I, I the one good thing about it if South Carolina didn't make it, I just going on the games with my family, and that would be part of it. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about NIL or anything. Of course, I'd have to find a job. That would suck. Well, there's always basketball and baseball, right? You know, so. Uh, Maybe I'll be retired by then, but no, I can't see them doing that. I can't see the NFL. That was just kind of speculative. Uh, and then Craiger says Mike Griffith, who I like personally, don't all agree with his followers for the AJC. He said, when Kirby thinks that the opponent's only going to score 20 or so, 
He's not going to take chances down the field. They're going to possess the ball and play defense. Georgia threw the ball down the field quite a bit Saturday, Craig. So if, if the point he was trying to make was Kirby some Nostradamus and knew South Carolina wasn't going to score, oh, you know, if, there, if, if he was trying to think there's a crystal ball under the visor and, and the mop on top, and I'm not making fun of him because I'm just saying he copied my style, right? When he was losing his hair, went to hair club for men. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. So, I, I, I sat, Jordan threw the ball on the field probably too much in the second half. I mean, do we, do we, do we forget the big pass to Ra Ra Thomas? And guess what? I think that play was Demon. Remember Mike and Burlow talking about Demon? That play Demon here? I think that was Demon. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, I thought they threw it down the field a little bit more than they probably should have, especially with a wet field in a, in a game where one mistake could hurt it. So I, yeah. I just wanted to address those two things. I, I, I you know, because what, what that does when, when somebody says something like that, it makes it seem like, oh, the South Carolina offense is just limited. I, I don't think this offense is limited, folks. I, I think it, it had a game where it gave up nine sacks, yet they were still inside the 23 different freaking times it could have tied the game and come back, okay, in the fourth quarter. And then they played the number one team in the country. So I, I, I you know, looking at it, the, the the scheme is good. The players are good. Now, with Juice Wells, this offense has the potential to be great. Without, I think it's merely very good. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. It's uh, <laughs> that's what we were hoping to see was may, maybe two of the three best wide receivers on the field for the same team from the same league uh, in Juice and Xavier Leggett. But um, we'll get an update on that today. Shane's going to meet with the media coming up at uh, at 1130. But it's the end of the hour here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We will take a deep, hard drive around the SEC and look at it. What a weird start to the year. And some big games coming up this weekend and moving forward as well. We know Georgia, or at least we think we know, that Georgia's the best team in the league. Who's the second best team? And where would you rank Alabama right now in the SEC? So much for my preseason prediction that they'd win the national championship. What an idiot. I picked them Thanks. up. I voted in the poll this week, guys. It's on Pittsburgh. Oh. oh. Well, there you go. Hey, pull it up, I'll tell you. We'll, we'll pull it up, and JC can give us his thoughts. And we look forward to getting all of yours as well we're powered by electric bikes of charleston get in shape have some fun cruise around with a drink at 20 miles an hour on an electric bike in the crisp cool fall air it's coming a great way to be outside electric bikes charleston.com and if you're going to be at the event in charleston tomorrow night guess what you get to meet the brains behind that operation the great michelle wilkins she's a great gamecock bigger gamecock than we all are combined as a matter of fact she's a wonderful person We'll be right back on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
plans today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in the Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. They're fighting Gamecocks are introduced. So this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. The rave breaks out in Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. Saturday night will be rocking in a sold-out williams Bryce Stadium. Nine of the last ten ball games. Played in there have been sold out. I'd be anxious to see if anybody wants to do an article after this one suggesting that there were only 60,000 people in the ballpark, much like two weeks ago when there wasn't a seat available. But that's neither here nor there. Welcome back. It's 12.03 on this September the 19th inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Doco and always live from the Sinorama Studios. Thanks to our friend Matt Bond there in West Columbia, who does just flat out amazing work. And they're the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. 803-766-6320 is our text line. So you can be just out cruising around delivering mail like our man Marion and many of you are preaching the good word like some of the pastors we have around here. And you pick up your phone, shoot us a text while you're watching or listening to the show. And we'll try to get it answered if it's uh, something we can answer on our uh, program. All right. Um, hey, Guys, the schedule for this coming weekend is uh, 
around the country, it's probably the best weekend of college football thus far, at least on paper. But now you're getting into the meat of the SEC, right? In the most interesting games at 3.30 from Bryant Denny with Alabama, who looked pretty putrid down in uh, South Florida, outside of the fact that their defense is kind of becoming what they should always be. Um, but they're going to have a quite the test this weekend as Jackson Dart and the Rebels roll into town. You got the Carolina game, of course, with Mississippi State, a couple of teams kind of trying to find their footing with uh, opening week losses. I would venture a guess that everybody would agree. Carolina's loss on the road at number one, Georgia, by just 10 points to the Dogs is a little bit better looking than that, you know what, whipping that Mississippi State took at home by LSU last weekend. Um, so, and then you've got Arkansas at LSU, and you've got Kentucky at Vanderbilt, and then a really, really interesting game at noon on ESPN, guys, with Auburn and Texas A&M. So we're going to start to kind of figure it out a little bit more this weekend as to, all right, who is who and what are they doing? If Auburn wins, and they're seven-and-a-half-point dogs, but if they win, J.C., and you pointed this out before the season, um, that – they could, they could be one of the teams to get off to a much better start than a lot of people thought. They could be 4-0 going into Georgia if they pull the upset this weekend on the road against the Aggies, and I don't think that that's really out of the question either. I don't know. I'd probably go A&M in this one, um, but uh, A&M disappointed me with Miami. Uh, Auburn's played, you know, Cal, and, and that, that game was like, Hey, uh, you want this game? Right. It's like, nah, man, nah, man, you take it, dude. <laughs> and nah, it's like, oh, man, you know, oh, it's all good. No, nah, I don't want it, man. And then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. I, I don't know. Somebody else said that. I'm copying that from someone that I heard that from. But they won, and then they won again. Uh, and historically, they really, they've done pretty well out of A&M. They uh, – their first loss, I think, since the Aggies joined the conference was two years ago when Harson's claw fence or whatever you called it went and they got pretty much shut down. But AM's not playing great defense. Um, I don't know. I think AM is a lot more talented than Auburn, but uh, it's, it's, it's a fascinating football game to me. Um, those two programs are very interesting, as are a lot. Now, Mississippi State's interesting. Everybody – in the SEC this year, except Vanderbilt, which is interesting, kind of like a dumpster fire, uh, is is, uh, is interesting. Vanderbilt that loss was not man, was not man enough to go to a stadium. <laughs> I mean, dude, they were kick, kicking it. Vanderbilt was kicking them in the teeth too, like physically man. What's you do against a lower level Mountain West team? You, you line up and you. You, you, you spanked their behinds. And Vandy's doing it. All of a sudden, they blew the lead and got behind and then rallied to come back in an oh-crap moment and then lost on the last second field goal to, to Barry Odom. So the, where, where do you – where do you – are you 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 did – you uh, ranked in the – you ranked your 14 this week in the – National twenty four seven poll. Where do you yes. have? Where do you have Auburn and A and M, and where do you have Ole Miss? 
I am about to pull this up if my computer would uh, not go, you know, it's going a little faster than Sat's offense. Uh, so, yeah, so we're inside the SEC. Like, by like, the way, I, I don't agree with everybody throwing Florida up. I mean, Florida finished fifth in this thing with all the writers voting. I'm like, dude, you're way overvaluing Tennessee. Way overvaluing. So, so the right poll was Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Bama, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, that, tied for sixth. That's yours? A&M, no, no, this is, this is the cumulative. A uh, and oh. M, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, Gamecocks, Mississippi State, Vandy. So here's what I did, and I was one fourteen were layups to me with the rest. Okay, so I went Georgia one, LSU two, Ole Miss three, Missouri four, Bama five. Although is Bama really worse than? I mean, we'll, we'll find out. I had Texas A and M sixth, Auburn seventh, the Gamecocks eighth, Mississippi State ninth, Tennessee tenth. It wasn't just because of Florida. Tennessee struggled with Austin P as well. Okay. <laughs> so we've had four of eight straight atrocious quarters of football uh, by the Vols. I know they beat Virginia, which may be the worst power five team out there except Vanderbilt. 11 still not sold on the Gators. They're fourth. 12th is Kentucky. And when they play a team with the Pulse, they will move way up when they win. But right. So. They, and then Arkansas, 13th. I felt a little weird about that, the Vandy 14th. All right, let me ask you this question, because Tennessee's got – we're going to look at all these teams in the league, or almost all of them. Tennessee's got UTSA this weekend. They'll win that game. Mm-hmm. Then they have the, the Gamecocks and A&M at home. There's a bye week between hosting Carolina and hosting the Aggies. And then they've got back-to-back road games at Alabama – and in Lexington at Kentucky, beautiful time of the year, by the way, to be up there, October 28th. What is their record if you had to predict right now in those four games? Are we starting with the Gamecocks? Yeah. Or UTSA. Car- Carolina, A&M, at Bama, at Kentucky. What is Tennessee's record in that four-game stretch? Predicting it today. Two and two. And with a quarterback change in there. And they still, after that, they've got they got UConn. I mean, non conference games they play. Um, they've got UConn, and then they have to go to Missouri, and then they've got Georgia. So, I mean, right now it ain't looking good at Missouri. It wouldn't never put it past Tennessee to find a way to beat the number one team in the country and. Neyland Stadium late in November and ruin it for everybody. But um, but, you, but my, my point is they have – they were a team coming into this year that was by a lot of people in, in the national – on the national scale, nine and three minimum. But if things go right, maybe on the verge of a playoff-style team simply because Joe Milton can throw the football 150 yards. And now all of a sudden we could be looking at – Maybe seven and five. Well, Joe, it's because Joe Milton looked pretty good uh, against Clemson and pretty good at the end of the year when he took over. And so I think they just assumed. I mean, uh, who was it? Orvlosky said Milton was by far the best quarter in college. Oh, what close? Whoa! Did he really? This guy's this guy's thirty two years old, and and he's been in college seventeen years, and. 
has always had accuracy issues. And, you know, and I said that I was being nice because, uh, you know, Vols, their media loves to take shots at everybody, you know, especially when they're winning. Um, I'm not going to do that because I have, I have more self-esteem and pride. Uh, but I told everybody, I said, oh, the key to Tennessee season is going to be, you know, it's not just that Milton may be inaccurate. It's that Hendon Hooker was freakish, freakishly accurate last year down the field. And if you look at the two games, they looked at quarterback Georgia and Carolina. Man, against Georgia, he had he had a couple of guys wide open early in that game. I mean, that, those were touchdowns, and he just missed them, uh, and they lost that one. And then I don't think he was particularly accurate against the Gamecocks. He did hit some passes here and there. So um, you're replacing him with a guy that's known for inaccuracy. Uh, what that means is, you know, you're going to have some three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. And, that, and, and, and I went back to this, J.B. and Phil. When Josh Heupel was at Missouri, what his quarterback was Drew, Drew Locke, right? Drew Locke's first-round draft pick, really good quarterback, right? Couldn't hit the broad side of the barn half the time, though. Wasn't a fit really for what they were trying to do offensively. And there were some games Missouri would score in the 50s, and some games Missouri would score 10. <laughs> and, and that's why I've never really been a Heupel guy. And I think he's done a great job at Tennessee – uh, but I, I think I think he needs just like Mike Leach doesn't do didn't do that well with the big tall pro style drop back passers. He needs a, he needed a guy kind of like well, a guy that can get it out quick. Boom, 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 boom. Throwing yep. darts, you know. Uh, and, and and so I I think that's I think I think just sometimes overthink it and they fall in love with the intangibles and size and well, I can teach him to be accurate. Not really. Um, it hey, maybe he completes 80% of his passes for the rest of the year and I look like an idiot. But that's the issue with Tennessee right now is they're just – they don't – you know, Hooker was almost automatic down the field, and uh, this guy just isn't. And when you have the incompletions and three and outs, and that, that wears out your defense. You know, Florida specifically had a great game plan, you know, um, that has not worked against Tennessee. And Tennessee's defense did not work against them last year. So uh, – so we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just – I think moving Florida as limited as they are up in the top 25 into fifth in the league is preposterous based on that win because uh, I don't think they beat a very good team, you know, uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, and the Gators are um, – they're off this week. or uh, They've got uh, Charlotte this weekend. Uh, so they'll, be, they'll well improve – yeah, so they'll improve to three and one before things. You mentioned Missouri. Have y'all paid attention at all to that game this weekend? Who they're playing and what's going on? Any of you know the little caveat in there with Memphis? No, they're playing in St. Louis at the Dome at America's Center. It's like a multi-purpose dome in downtown St. Louis. And they're and Missouri is just a touchdown favorite over the Tigers. Something to keep an eye on, maybe. Seven thirty-seven. It's interesting, but I've been, you know been to that state. My uh, GA Mangus was coaching the New York Guardians of the XFL, and they played the St. Louis Battle Hawks. And now I drove I'm from Chicago, and I watched a a Battle Hawks game right there in St. Louis. Yeah. 
St. Louis is an interesting town, and we had to fly our daughter Hannah up there for surgery three years ago. And uh, I realized quickly some of the places you don't want to be when you're in St. Louis. Kind of a strange, strange deal. Um, Ole Miss and Alabama this weekend. So Bama is a, is a touchdown favorite in this game, and I don't understand it. Wow. I, I, I don't. <laughs> what am I missing? I mean, we've just listened to the whole world tell us how bad they are, and Ole Miss has looked pretty darn good off to a 3-0 and start, but yet they're a touchdown favorite, I guess, because they're at home this weekend. Are they putting that on the fact that Jalen Milrow – I mean, you've got some stuff going on in Alabama, which never happens at Alabama, guys. Think about this for a second. And I'm a big fan of Josh Pate. I'm not calling anybody out or anything like that. I'm a big fan of, of Greg McElroy, and I'm a big – you know, I like Lane Kiffin, but you got Lane Kiffin, who used to be the O.C., for Nick Saban, saying publicly, well, I, you know, I don't think Kevin Steele's calling the plays over there. Oh, really, Lane? Why not? Well, because, you know, I don't know. I've played against Kevin Steele, and I've also coached against T-Rob and watching the film. That looks like a T-Rob defense, not a, a Kevin Steele defense. So we're preparing for T-Rob to call it. Yes, that T-Rob, Travian Robinson. He used to be the D.C. here under Will Muschamp at South Carolina. And then you got our buddy Josh Pate, who I think is the best in the world of what he does who said, yeah, you know what, no one's ever going to come out and say this, no one's ever going to admit to it, but I'm convinced Jalen Milrow was suspended for the game at South Florida, and that's why he didn't play. And now all of a sudden yesterday, Saban names Milrow the quarterback. So you've got the respected, a lot of respected people. I mean, you've, you've had McElroy, who's kind of said some things over the last couple of days, played for Nick. You've, you've got these people who are in the Saban corner, and – I know Kiffin likes to poke the bear, but he is in Saban's corner, and he's just publicly saying, no, Nick Saban has another guy calling his defense. And here's Nick at his press conference yesterday. I was pretty sure he was going to blow a gasket, and he never did. But he was getting all of these questions of people's opinions, which generally doesn't bode well for a Nick Saban press conference. So he's defending all these things with his football team of their biggest game of the year with Ole Miss coming to town. I don't know what to think of the Tide. I don't either. I, I think they've got, you know, as, as weird as it sounds and, and amorphous, but culture issues in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Something is wrong inside that building, and it's hard to put a finger on right now. I think there's a lot of things going on that are at play, but I don't think I don't think Saban has full institutional control right now like he typically does, and and that's kind of manifesting itself on the field. I might be wrong, but that's just what it feels like to me. It's crazy. Uh, Joel, Joel, positive Joel in the chat box, and, and look, <laughs> nothing against these guys that were at Carolina that are now in Alabama, especially Eric Wolford, who I uh, think a tremendous. Uh, O-line coach, maybe not for an Alabama, though, because he's kind of a his own guy and likes to do things his way. It's just awfully funny. All those guys get there and they start kind of being Alabama anymore. Well, that is an interesting point. And, I mean, and really, and they're I, all there. And if Travaris Robinson is calling that defense <sighs> – well i mean uh, that i mean that might be that might be true but if he called it last weekend they gave up only three points so i know south well, they, florida 
I think, you know, Kevin Steele, I mean, I thought that was kind of a weird hire, too. I thought that would mean that – I thought that would mean that Saban would be back involved and and all that. But, uh, I mean, look, man, Alabama in their quote-unquote down years have had seasons that most program would die for, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to sustain it. There's not a program in the country that hadn't had a weirdly down year. I mean, as good as Clemson's been, as much as they've dominated the ACC, you know, two uh, two years ago, they didn't even win the league uh, yeah. and, and went to the Cheez-It Bowl and, and lost three games. Um, you know, George has had years, uh, you know, Kirby's first year, in the which was in the middle of Bama's run, uh, Georgia loses to Vandy and Georgia Tech at home. You know, I mean, uh, nobody's spared. This game is unforgiving. Uh, you know, it does tend to favor the Blue Bloods uh, and, and all that good stuff, but they go through hard times too. Look at all the crap Texas has been through until now. Right. You know, Southern Cal, the University of Notre Dame, you know, Michigan. I mean, I think Ohio. I, I look, I'm not all that fired up about Ohio State this year either. To be truth be told, uh, you know. So this is just it's just Bama's time. The quarterback situation is is messed up. It's nobody's fault. They still recruited a high level of quarterback. But Ty Simpson is not ready. Uh, Tyler Buckner obviously has not improved. Like I was hope that, hoping that he would. And Jalen Milrow has trouble throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, uh, that's A for Bama. B, there are certain spots on the field. Offensive line's one of them. Uh, secondary's one of them. They just aren't up to snuff. They're just not like Bama normally is. And so, unfortunately, you know, you're, you, you may be in the Music City Bowl this year, Bama. I mean, Ooh. Lord, Lord, help us roll Ooh. tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Ooh, careful, JC. Eight mail uh, will be entering the oh. mailbox. Uh, she also says maybe, maybe Saban should, maybe Saban could hire Jeep Hunter. <laughs> they do have they do have Robert Gillette from the Spurrier coaching their running backs. There's a lot of yeah, former they, South Carolina they guys have on that staff. Five. They have five former South Carolina coaches: Coleman Hutzler, Joe Cox, Robert Gillespie, T. Rob, and Wolford. Um. <laughs> And Kevin Steele is a former Clemson defensive coordinator running the defense. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting staff. Uh, it, there's no question about that. And um, we'll see where it all lands. I mean, but and, I mean, you know, look, sorry, you, you talk about roulette, you play roulette a lot, you know, saving no, no program I've ever seen like his had could turn over seven coaches a year on average, or five on average in some years, seven, bring a new set in and not miss a beat. That does not happen in college football, okay? Well, it happened there a bunch, and it's like roulette. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're going to eventually, if that keeps happening, you have constant churn, you're going to eventually land on a bad group. I mean, ask Urban Meyer about that. When Charlie Strong and all those, all those dudes left, and he got to 2010, and there were all these people he didn't know. And he's a weirdo anyway, you know. <laughs> so, well, there's for the first for the first time they've already got a loss. 
And when I look at their schedule for the first time, and I, I, I mean, this has probably been for the first time in um, probably probably 15 years. I mean, it's it's been a long time. You look at what's left on it, and I circle five games that I think that they absolutely could lose as it stands today, right here on whatever what, – what is this day? September the, the 19th. As it stands today, there are five – yeah, the 19th. There are five games that they could lose that are left on their schedule. Um, the, this one against Ole Miss, on the road against A&M on October the 7th, LSU on, at, at home on November the 4th, at Kentucky on November 11th with the Bear, the, uh, Bear Bryant game, and at Auburn at the end of the year, I, I do think that they'll be fine at Mississippi State. I think they'll be fine at home against Arkansas and Tennessee. And, of course, they'll beat Chattanooga. But all those other games are losable games. When is the last time you were able to look at an Alabama football schedule through three games with nine games remaining and say they can lose five of those? Well, I mean, Phil, Phil you had hair, that's for sure. Yeah, JC, you were working for Scout.com or or still at Platinum, one or the other. I was a Chippendales dancer. Chippendales. I think I was still in college. I mean, like, (laughs) it's it's a strange time in T-Town. The last losing season they had was Shula right before Saban got there. Saban went 7-6 his first year, lost to Louisiana Monroe at home. His career is sort of interesting because I think his first year or second year at LSU won, he lost to UAB at home. <laughs> so he, he's dropped two of those games. But, hey, if you're the Gamecocks, as it is inside the Gamecocks' show, um, you're finally going back to Tuscaloosa next year. Yeah. Who knows what it'll look like by then. No, so, that's uh, true. You know. You know, you, you, you might be getting a, you might be getting a, uh, you might be getting a break. Um, catching a break there. You, you that that would be Car- Carolina will have only played him three times during the whole dynasty and gone one and two, and had really three games, five competitive halves of football against those guys. Yeah, think about that. So you played six halves of football during the Saban dynasty. And five competitive halves, and you won one game against them. I'll take that. Yeah, you take that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because hey, the first half in nineteen was close, and had it not been for a terrible, terrible call, I will never, I will never, I will get. Rico Dowdle was in the end zone, parallel to the ground. The ball across the play was like, like parallel to the ground, like Superman, but a half inch off, and they called him down. And then they had to kick the field goal. So it's 24-17, it's 24-13. And then Bama mopped up the second half. But, yeah. I mean, if you, if you, you know, and, and you talk to a lot of Alabama, when you talk to people from Alabama and you tell them you're a South Carolina person, the Bama folks are like, oh, boy, they're tough. We're real tough. And Auburn fans are like, we, we're never losing the South. You know? And it's because Auburn, you know, up until the last two games, beat Carolina like a drum. And Bama's always – you know, uh, after their first two wins, when the game got started in the SEC, they come back and they have the, you have the Holtz game where 
Holtz uh, beat him on Petty's late heroics and the Savelle game where Gamecocks beat him by 17 and then the Spurrier game at Williams Price. You know, it's been um, – it hadn't always been easy for the old tide against the Gamecocks since uh, during the SEC era. Yeah. No, it hasn't. And we've uh, – I personally have been in a lot of those games and um, certainly uh, – Certainly hope that happened. I've been in Tuscaloosa when we won down that 2004 game, 20 to three. It was a ugly, ugly, nasty defensive type game, a Lou Holtz style 1970s football game. But at the end of the day, Carolina got out alive. All right, we got to get out of this segment as well. It is 12:28. Uh, Our friends at Gamecock Traditions are keeping us close through football season, and then do it during baseball, and then they'll do it during basketball, and then they'll do it again during spring and summer and next football and on and on and on. They've been doing it forever. They have the widest selection of gear. So if you need anything to put on your body or to tailgate with or to drink out of, or you need a tent for your tailgate so it doesn't rain this weekend on you, that's where you want to go. And you don't, if you don't live in Lexington, you, it's okay. Listen to me, GamecockTraditions.com. They'll send it to your house or order it and go by and pick it up whenever you get in town, whatever you want to do. Gamecock Traditions. Dot com or you can certainly go see them, but their selection is awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, we can't thank them enough for what they do uh, here on Inside the Game. Cox, the show, we're built by the Barn Doco, and we will be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Inventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
All right, 12.33, Shane Beamer at the podium in an hour as he previews Mississippi State and South Carolina and hopefully gives us an injury update as well. Um, I think it's crucial, guys, that Amarian Brown and uh, JT Gear or Jatias Gear get back ASAP. I mean, that defensive line, like, we, right, JC, we were saying, talking about, you know, when we were talking on Sunday, you, you got answers this weekend. You left there with answers, and and if you can get guys healthy, like gear, and then you have Sanders, and you can start to things see things kind of come together. And and with the Juice Wells injury, you you got to have a Marion Brown. He he's got to play well the rest of this year if he's healthy. I'm not as high on Marion as maybe you are. I, I mean, I, I I think he he's off to a pretty good start, uh, but I, I also think Luke Doty and Eddie Lewis have looked pretty good in there as well, and they all kind of play the same spot. Mm-hmm. What'll be interesting to see is if they maybe move one of those guys out uh, to where Juice was. Um, I don't know the answer. I'd probably play all three of them, but uh, you know, with I like with Lewis. gear. Uh, yeah, with G- with gear, I thought you know, or gear, however the hell you say it. <laughs> I've heard three gear, 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 it's gear. Gear. Well, I I'll tell you what it says in the media guide. It's from from Steve Fink. Gear. Period. Anybody who tells you gear, they're wrong. It's in the like media Richard guide. Gear. Okay, move. Like yes, Richard Gear or shifting go. gears. Let's shift gears right. here. Gear. Gear. <laughs> Come on, Phil, Richard. help me out, man. Like it is JT gear. <laughs> At least we're not calling him Jesus anymore. <laughs> when his name first Just, popped up, like Jesus Jeer? Jatias. Jatias Gear. JT. I'll just go with JT Gear. Okay. JT Gear sounds great. That sounds like a trucking company in like Packlet, South Carolina. Come on down to JT Gear Trucking in Packlet. We got to. Our drivers know exactly how safety rules on the road. We'll get your lift there in the morning and be back by supper. JT Gear Trucking. JT um, Gear. It takes to move you. Th- this guy's really good. I mean, now, look, let's not, when he walks out there Saturday night, and maybe he doesn't have the best game, let's not say, you know, oh, uh, he was really good in practice. Um, and I guess like one things that uh, one of the things that people people kind of look. It's all during practice time. It's August. Everybody's like looking for something to latch onto that gives them hope. I get it. Practice reports, things like this guy's looking good. That that really is just to kind of inform you, like, okay, who's going to be in the two deep? Going to play because not everybody plays, right? It's not to say. Whoa, they're going to Atlanta. You know, <laughs> that's hard to tell. I mean, and, and college football is unique because you don't you don't get to see him play anybody else or, or match up or line up with anybody else. And so you don't really know um, uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt. So but I didn't want to mention that. But in practice, in preseason, he looked good. And we also, guys, with him, we have tape from college football. Oh, it's yeah. Syracuse, the last game of the last season. 
This dude was all over the place. He looked and really good. he's the yeah. in state defensive lineman. I yeah. like him. And so I, you know, and I think that man, I think Drew Tui is almost gonna come on. I, I like what I saw on Elijah Davis Saturday, uh, especially down the stretch. You know, he either tipped a pass or almost tipped a pass. Uh I think um you know, I think I think you get some pieces back. I think they're coming. And like you said, JB, we, we talked about answers. That's the theme of, of today, answers. They got answers with T.J. Sanders. I thought um, this guy, you know, that's one of the best performances individually. No offense to Taka Hemingway last year. Uh, but Tom's more kind of a big play guy, and he did some stuff on special teams and things like that. Start to finish, Sanders' performance Saturday was the best performance by a Gamecock D tackle, I think, since Javon Kinlaw. Um, well, disruptive. Yeah. I mean, it's You're everything you want. Just single game? Yeah, single game. Single game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is the 19 this game in Athens yeah, by Kinlaw? Yeah. Maybe. Or name, name, name a Kinlaw game. Yeah, I, and, and I think we all think that game in Athens in 19 by Kinlaw was probably and one of his best, but if not his, but the best. But I mean, this guy, this guy came to. I mean, you know, it's like, good God Almighty, you know. <laughs> and uh, and remember, I was talking about how, like, sometimes getting you know, that first big play will help a player's confidence and get them going, and it kind of snowballs. If you think back last week. Carolina wasn't getting any sacks against Furman or whatever. Finally, Sanders got home, right, didn't he? And look what it facilitated. All right, I'll give another example. Omega Blake caught that little pass right at, before the half from, from Rattler, uh, and that was that was the touchdown. First touchdown was his first touchdown of his career. Well, he has to come in and play extensive minutes for Juice, and, and look what he had, catching 76 yards. He was money. He was solid. Looked good. Only going to get better. So sometimes those like one single play or one moment or one string of moments for a player facilitates them and gets them. That's why it's it's always important never to give up on um on a player because they all kind of break three through or break break through breakthroughs or or, or or the light come on at different times and most a lot of it's mental and I think. Clearing that mental hurdle of saying, "All right, I've done this. I've big place on a big stage before. I can do it. I'm not nervous. I'm just going to go out and play my game." That's huge. And uh, I think Sanders and Blake both kind of crossed the threshold with that uh, this past week, the last past two weeks, really. Well, the more attention he draws moving forward, the better it's going to be for everybody else up there. I mean, from Gear to Strawn to Brian Thomas to anybody to Azama, whoever plays up there, Boogie. Uh, Tonka, those guys. I mean, if you if you if you now have to pay a lot more attention to the nose tackle, guess what? Uh, there's going to be folks who are going to be able to get through there and make some things happen for for South Carolina. So uh, hopefully that can kind of continues to 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 trend that way. As far from on the other side of um, on the other side, we just saw a little while ago Big Tree uh, meeting with the media. Uh, very, this is, I just saw this tweeted out. So I really want to make sure that I mention it. This is pretty funny. Uh, he was asked where he got his nickname. Cause you know, his real name is Aluatosin. And he said that when he was just a kid and youth football, people kept asking him for his passport. 
to make sure that he was the right age to play. So they just started calling him Big Tree. And that is uh that is where the nickname came from. But as a little boy, we often you we grow up and you know, you you hear these stories, you tell stories about things like that of oh man, there's no I mean, I played against a team in baseball when we were thirteen, uh in little in I'm sorry, we were twelve. Little League, like real Little League, not Dixie Youth. We had switched over to Little League, and this team group, they got out of their own cars. They were from Florence. They got out of their own vehicles, stepped on the field, played baseball. I was like, well, they're at least 15, right? No, no, they're 12. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> I mean, that really happened. I mean, it was, you know, my, to this day, Mike Sisko will tell you. So you hear these stories, you don't ever think they're true. Then you got this poor kid who was a monster being asked for his passport. Uh, when he was probably, what, 10, 12 years old. So I think that's pretty funny. I'll be anxious to see, though, JC. I, I don't know that they will start Trevon Ball this week, but I honestly really wouldn't be that surprised if they do. I will say this, though. The Marquee Anderson injury, I think, is bigger than people think, and they're not really going to think about it like that because he hasn't played yet. But if he was healthy, I, I, I find it very difficult to believe that he wouldn't be starting right now. I think for as many times as Beamer's had his name in his mouth in these press Absolutely. conferences, that this had, this is a major impact to what the plan was moving forward. Yes. It, it, well, think about it. You've got two um, – no. I mean, you could take three, right? Don't you have three of what would have been potential starters up front that are out for the year with injuries? Henry – Nichols and Anderson. Anderson, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I Shane never said like, Mark he was a starter, but reading between the lines. I don't think Brubaker was going to start, but Brubaker is uh, out too. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a banged up group. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean. I, I don't know, man. I, you know, Joel says how many fresh to start on O-line next year. Uh, I wouldn't say three or four. I, I mean, look, well, Vershawn's going to be back. Vershawn's going to be back. Trevon Ball will back. be back. Big Tree will be, be back. back. Maybe two. Jalen Nichols has eligibility left together. We'll see. Let, let we'll see what happens with him. Case and Henry will be back. Um, yeah, it'll be a much deeper. I don't know. Group it'll be it'll be a younger group, but uh, positive thing is, you know, all these guys are going to get experience this year. They're not going to get worse. <laughs> Better, hopefully. Sometimes guys get worse, but um, hopefully yep. they'll get better. So, uh, Coach O is the CEO of Roback now. That was just oh, so we're, we're taking a really hard right turn here. We're in the middle of talking about the offensive line, and somehow you got to go right to Coach O again. Well, I, know, I thought we were done with it. I, I was like, oh well, you know. But well, you know, we do need uh, to. We do need to take a break. Can, can you? Can we make you wait? Like, do you have to pee? Like that type of thing. You got to just get it out, or. Uh, no, can you, you hold wait, on for about two minutes? I, I, I want to actually listen to the commercial, so it's a good time to take a break. Okay. <laughs> it is 1244 Hang Tight inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. 
And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs. Final segment of the afternoon, not going to 1.30 today. Uh, we do have probably some news on the future of this program soon. Uh, a couple of quick things nationally, and then we'll let JC get to – I know he's he's cannot wait to get this Coach O stuff in here. Um, this is pretty sad, and I, I'm not sure why things like this happen or continue to happen, um, but a Patriots fan has died after getting into a fight with a Miami Dolphins fan at Gillette Stadium on Sunday night. He was punched in the head, and now he's dead over a football game. Jeez. I mean, people – people, it's football. <laughs> it's a game. 
get over it. You know, I mean, it's a joke. What a joke. So, uh, certainly, uh, prayers to that gentleman's family. That is awful, awful news. Um, Colorado, Colorado State this weekend, the ratings were unbelievable. I mean, it just goes to show you if people want to watch it, they really don't care what time it plays. This game didn't get over till 2.30 in the morning, and it drew 9.3 million viewers. It was the most watched late-night college football game ever on ESPN, ever, and it didn't kick off until 10 o'clock. It was also the fifth most watched regular season game ever on the network for any time slot, period, the end. Uh, generally, that uh, broadcast window, by the way, averages 1.7 million viewers. So they multiplied it by nine. <laughs> Just incredible stuff. The uh, the Deion Sanders effect is real. And it is official at Mississippi State. Mel Tucker is out. Uh, I'm not going to read his entire statement. You can go do that yourself. It's rather long. But based on what he had to say in that statement, this is not going away. And he is going to be in a dogfight with the Spartans administration moving forward. Who's right, wrong, whatever, who knows. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's about to turn to a really, really nasty situation. And I would venture a guess, regardless of how wrong Mr. Tucker has been in all of this, Phil, he probably wants his $90 million. I was so, going to say, I mean, that's a pretty hefty it. buyout he's going to be fighting yeah. for. That's that's right. driving this train, yeah. yeah. Regardless <laughs> of whether he deserves it or doesn't deserve it, there's $90 yeah. million dollars on the table. Guess what? You're going to fight for it. Uh, yeah. You'll yeah. get over be your a whole team of lawyers that'll be right behind you for that percentage, too. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Sure, I did cheat on my wife. Isn't that awesome? I want my $90 million. Yeah, he's he doesn't care what he has to say. He wants his money. And this is going to get nasty, and uh, so we'll keep our eyes on that. All right, uh, JC, uh, go go ahead. I know, I know, you've been fired up. Get to Coach O. So, what you got here? Did he just? <laughs> did he get it? Yes, yes. <laughs> what did he? Was that on accident? I don't know, but it was perfect. <laughs> I, I have no idea whether or not he had planned that, but he couldn't have planned it any better had he planned it. <laughs> Go roll back. <laughs> oh, there he is. So as soon as, like, I, I went to click the button, I was like, oh, all right, and then it's okay. So anyway, I sent it to Phil in the private chat. I just it's kind of like a Terry Tate office linebacker thing. Like here at Roback, Roback makes clothes. Some people don't like the clothes. I think they're all right, but uh, some people love them. Swear. Um, I like Britons. That's my new brand. That's what I'm rocking it today. <laughs> Nevertheless, so they hire Coach O as CEO, and he goes in there and he's like coaching the the people like like a coach. Oh, right the one. Look at the one. Go get that out there. You know? And uh, <laughs> I yeah, thought it was hilarious, you know, because, I mean, when did he have time? Well, he's don't celebrate an endless summer now in Fort Lauderdale. Has, has his hair invested. always been that nice? Of course. Dude, yeah. Of he's course my nice hair's been that nice. Yeah. Well, the ice dumping is pretty good. 
I'm from Opal the Force Museum. We have nice hair down there on the bow. So what what is Roback? It's clothes? Yeah, it's I like think it's uh, or, yeah, clothes, yeah. snazzy it's it's in it's uh it's popular, I guess. We, I've never heard of it. I guess I wear cheap clothes. On price. You're gonna beat them on quality. <laughs> it's uh, uh, it's it's a little expensive, but they um Oh, it's like golf shirts. I got it. Roback had something that my message board talked about the other day. I think it's a Gamecock Roback shirts or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Phillips partnered with him on Spurs Up Show about something. And um, okay. somebody were talking about like the brand like back. And half the responses were like, that's some tight ass stuff. I mean, tight, sorry, tight stuff, man. And half of them were like, this stuff sucks. It's overrated. Uh, I finally had to delete the post because some somebody was like really like getting into other people's stuff because they bought they paid too much for clothes and I'm like, look, bro, what? why are you your person you attacking care? these people because they yeah. spend too much on clothes? I mean, what are you their their granddad or their father in law? Yeah, yeah, yeah man, they spend, spending that much on Robex stuff. It's not good stuff. It's not quality of year. You're an awful person, but my daughter, you go, go, your whole family's going to go to hell. Oh, I'm like, Jesus. That's, that's- <laughs> I, I, I had a moment of clarity reading that thread. I was like, there's a person in the thread who, who like literally is taking it so personally that another person who they go by names like Cock Commander 91 and Big Old Gamecock 1955 and Cock, all this other stuff. They don't know these people personally. This guy's getting so mad. Yeah, that's that's so mad because this other guy bought Roback, and I'm like, wow. But he wouldn't walk up to him, and say that to him on the street. That's what keyboards Hell are no. for. Yeah, yeah, right. By the by the way, uh, speaking of Spurs up show, there's a video. I guess Chris took or somebody from down in Georgia. I guess it was on uh, maybe one of the the bar stool site student sites or whatever. We're a frat boy from Georgia. This guy came in and his kid, the dad, they both have jerseys on, walking this way. And this frat boy's walking that way. And the frat boy gets down on all fours. And, and the other guy pretends like he's on a leash. And he's just barking at him. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. It's a pretty good impersonation of a dog. This guy's doing I'm going to tell you this right now. You've heard of stepped on their face with a hobnail boot that came out yeah. of Georgia. I'd have kicked this dude in the teeth had he done that for me. I don't like – that's why I don't go to, like, haunted trails and and uh, escape rooms and stuff because I don't want anybody, like, jumping out from behind anything. It's not fun for me. I really want to just hit you if you do that, and I'm worried that, you know, I'd get in trouble. But if this dude did this – this dude did this to me, man, because, gosh, I guess it was 05. I was walking out of the urinal, and some guy with a bald head with a bulldog painted on his head got – about an inch from my face and yelled cock really loud. <laughs> um, and I, my, my was balled up and I stopped because I was like, ah, he's 18 years old. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's just let him go, go to whoever. But man, this kid, I mean, you get down on the ground like that, I, I'm going into fight or flight mode because I'm thinking an actual dog is coming after me and I'm, I'm going to kick you. I'll kick you. How about that? I'm going to kick you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how they ended up um, how they ended up uh, 
that guy held his composure, you know, with his he kids did. He sitting there on top composure. of composure. Yeah, Maintained yeah. his composure. So, if you're out there, Gamecock fan, here's to you, Blake. <laughs> Mr. Gamecock, hold his composure, man. Hold your composure now. <laughs> you battled an idiot that got out all fours like a dog and barked at you and your child's face. <laughs> Want to kick him? Settle down, Rover. Uh, yeah, you set exactly. a good example for your son. I like, I like Ryan's. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, you're exactly right. The internet has made people very comfortable. There, I've had people say things to me, and I'm like. I'm like, you know, I'm at Williams Bryce Stadium seven times a year. You know where to find me if you really get, but not one person's ever done that. So, and I don't no. anticipate that. Let me squeeze some hey, quick right. breaking news in here before we get out of here. Brady Cook, the starting quarterback in Missouri, probably why that line's at seven from Pete Thamel here. He is questionable for Saturday's game against Memphis and St. Louis, uh, dealing with a knee, knee issue from a hit he took against Kansas State over the weekend. He has not practiced since Saturday. Uh, Missouri is 3-0, and so uh, that probably has to do with that seven-point spread in that ball game. If you are a betting man, there's your reason as to what's going on. There's your reason. There is your reason. All right, we are out of time. That's a Get him a bone now. <laughs> you hold your composure in the face of a complete drunken idiot. Uh, By the way, we'll be joined by Mike Morgan tomorrow. He could not join us today as part of his general Tuesday power hour, but Mike will be with us tomorrow. Mike's coming tomorrow. I'll be at Studio South alternate. JC will be sitting right next to me tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, JC, uh, I'll see you later on tonight whenever you get here. Uh, yeah, just, I, yeah. I'll, I'll hit you up here in a little bit. Things have gotten interesting. <laughs> Everybody still Hello. be there at six thirty at Georgetown. So, Georgetown, beautiful Georgetown, South Carolina. Nice Georgetown, South Carolina. Thanks right, to Hamilton Grinham for joining us uh, at the top of the program, and as always, thanks to JC and Mad Dog, and thanks to. All of you were served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is proudly presented by the best dadgum vodka out there, Dixie Vodka. I'll probably have one of those when you get to my house tonight, JC, just to tip my cap to you. We'll be back tomorrow. Mike Morgan will join us. We'll recap what Shane Beamer had to say right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Cup.